Welcome to a new episode of New Normal Podcast. If this is your first time here, thanks. My name's Andrew Mayer of Digital Done Right. This podcast is about designing digital experiences. This time I traveled to Brooklyn, New York to meet a bike shop owner. Yeah, a guy selling bikes in New York City. The conversation is one I was really excited about is Chris, Chris Nolte. He sold me my current e-bike. Yes, all the way from New York City to Germany. He sold me my bike. Well, not that he gets any commission for it. Still, he sold it to me. Chris uses a lot of video at YouTube to tell the story of how e-bikes, what they are, who they're for, why you should consider getting back on a bike. With our backgrounds with bikes being actually very different, our mission is similar to get people outdoors, enjoying the environment that they're in and along with the people that they are with. You'll hear this in the interview, but Chris made a series of videos in 2020 on some of the latest e-bikes which were hitting the market. You might remember what was happening in 2020. It was kind of hard to get into a bike shop, look around. Chris covered the bike that I now own in such a competent manner and with such a likable style that by the time I went to my local bike shop, I knew everything, but I needed to test ride it. I got to know Chris over the summer via his YouTube videos and reached out to him for this interview. And of course he said, sure. Let's do this. So here's that interview from September in an office in the Naval Yards of Brooklyn, New York City. Chris, thank you for taking the moment. I'm happy to sit with you to talk about your two bike shops, New York City and in Long Beach, California. And I want to hear a little bit about the, the Propel story and particularly white e-bikes. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for inviting me on here. I don't do too many podcasts, but I do quite a bit of videos. And so it's, it's cool to, to have this interaction and not worry about the funny faces. So Propel, why e-bikes? For me, initially e-bikes was something that just helped me to get out on the bike, get active, get connected to my friends and feel a little less broken because I happened to be a bit broken more so at that time. I, I was a disabled Iraq war veteran. I hurt my back in driving fuel trucks in Iraq and I came back and I guess at that time I was 21, 22 and not really doing too much. A friend of mine got an electric bike and a, a bunch of my friends were riding bikes quite often, but I always felt intimidated about it. And I tried my friend's bike and I said, wow, I could do this. And it suddenly took that psychological factor out of it. And although I probably had the physical ability, some reason, a, you know, psychological factor was limiting me and I got into it. And I had a lot of experience with retail and marketing, stuff like that. And it sparked my interest in maybe trying my hand at getting more people exposed to this product. And at the time, it was primarily for that purpose, for maybe people's physical limitations and giving them another option. But what happened was several years into it, I realized that this is more than just a recreational tool. It's actually a transportation tool. What I recognize is that it's perhaps a way for me to deal with something that I felt a bit uncomfortable about the energy that I had put into this war. And then maybe I can offset some of that. And basically that's what I got into. And, and, and it really changed my, my focus and my energy that I put into this was a side thing. When I started it on some level, I had also been running a web marketing company at the same time while I was in school full time. So I had a lot going on and I think when I made this realization about this being a transportation solution that actually gave me the motivation to go full-time into this and really put all my energy into it when i graduated school i decided not to get a job and just focus on this and moved to new york city where i felt like they needed it the most even though it was illegal at the time and the city made sure to let me know that with a twenty-five thousand dollar fine but now here we are and 
times have changed quite a bit because now the city is asking me, can you send us some proposals and whatever else? So it, it's a very different vibe. So I'm really grateful and it's, it feels good to be doing something that I feel good about, feel good about putting out in the world. So this is now the, the, the fanboy moment here because Chris is a YouTube star. <laughs> at least in the e-bike in this small niche of the in this small niche of the world which for me in summer of last year was important i'm a little bit different from background with bikes i'm an old school biker yeah i raced bikes in college i have ridden forever but i knew bmx and everything else as a kid but race bikes street in college raced lots of races in uh, the early 2000s across europe in germany road races they really competitive stuff as it would be there. I've had more bikes than my wife wants me to have <laughs> in my house. She met me in Louisiana when she was an exchange student when I lived in an apartment with some other students and I had three bikes hanging on the living wall. That's just the relationship I had from bikes yeah. all over. So last year, my, we all had a bit of a, an interruption in our lives around the world, but also being professionally. And when I left the professional world after more than a quarter century, the the day that I got the notice that I was leaving, I told my wife, I'm going to buy an e-bike out of the book. Now, a little bit of that was precursed through some interactions I had with your videos. You were on a big roll with bikes that were coming out of the market. Brands went on to mention them all here, but you were doing some really interesting work, not just alone. You were with other people that were doing the same stuff. Yeah. And I was interested in a bike that I could go long distance or climbing meters, whatever. I wanted something that was rugged. I was wanting something that had Things that I didn't really understand because I never had a bike with disc brakes. I never had electronic shifting. I, I never knew any of those. For me, it was old school steel is where I started with the shifters on the drop twos. Wonderfully dangerous. And through your videos, I was so clear on what I wanted. Yeah. I just needed to find a bike shop that wasn't in New York, Long Beach, California. Not unfortunately for you. Uh, so you did your job extremely well. And I've told you that, and I think it's worth rehashing. You did it better than the maker of that bike did themselves and some of their dealers and distributors in, in the region they have done in whatever languages I was watching there. And I appreciated that. And I've told them that I've told them that you did that. So I went to a bike shop, long story short, I went to a bike shop, went to two different bike shops. The first one tried to convince me not to buy this bike. The second one was, I met the guy, he was riding the same bike. It was a match made similar age as me. I said, I'm looking for it. He says, oh, you want this one? I said, that's the one I want. And he started telling me about his tours he's done on it over the last year and what he's been doing. And immediately I didn't have any questions for him because of your videos. I, know. I was sold. I, this bike has basically every bell and whistle that they make things that I would have never paid for 10 years earlier. I wouldn't have known the appreciation for that, but through your videos and others, but through a majority of your videos and not just for this one particular model there. That made a big difference. I'd like to know, you've done a lot on the internet. You've talked about your digital marketing experience before. You, I've experienced you mostly on uh, YouTube, right? More recently, a bit on, on Instagram, but you do a lot of videos. So that's why YouTube's a great platform for you. Sure. What would your business be without the internet? It wouldn't exist. It, and, and that's truly the case because the reality is, so we're a retail operation, but we're not a traditional retail operation in any sense of the word. And, and that possibility didn't exist when I started this business, because the laws in New York were not really too conducive to electric bikes. And also I didn't really have the resources to open a retail operation. So I actually opened my first business at Propel in a very untraditional space. It was actually in a second floor shared office. I actually just saw my friend that still uses that space to today. 
And loads of businesses have been launched out of this 800 square feet office in Lindenhurst on Long Island in a residential neighborhood in an industrial building. Nothing outside, no signs outside. So nobody would know I existed without the internet. And, but I didn't care about that. I guess I just knew that I didn't need that. I knew that I had a more powerful tool than that sign of somebody passing the road. And I can reach this specific person. I can reach you. I can reach who I want to talk to. And they're going to find me and I'm going to be able to communicate to them. And that doesn't, because most of their advertising or marketing or whatever, it just, you're just throwing it out there to loads of different people, but you're not actually reaching. It's not so easy to reach your target audience. Exactly. I had experience prior to that. And I, I had experience with search engine optimization. That was like my big thing. When, when I started this business, I, I built probably a hundred websites before I built my own website to sell electric bikes. And my big thing was search engine optimization. How can we use the internet to, to get you found so people can understand what you're trying to do and you can really connect with your true customer. And so the majority of the sales that we did for actually really throughout the, the life of our business had been outside of our local area. And even today, like when I look for a location or something like that, I don't look for a location that's in a main street or high traffic area. I look for a location where's in relative proximity to can people get here? And because I know that they can find me on the web and, and that people will travel. Actually, one of my salespeople told me today, the gentleman showed up today from Florida. He flew here from Florida to come test rides and bikes with us. And of course, watch loads of our videos, all that sort of thing. Before the pandemic, very regular occurrence after pandemic not so regular. And that's all because of the internet. And, and, I, and I really believe in it. And for me, I think the internet just gives everybody a lot more opportunity than other channels normally do. Because it's not just dependent on, you know, how much money you have or who you are, something like that. Because all that can change on the internet. It's a party where everybody exists and you have access to everybody. It's not exclusive. You don't have to have the 30,000 bucks to get the big billboard. No. Uh, that only two of them exist. Yeah. And therefore the price, you're on an equal level. We talked about in the pre-roll here a bit about what the internet has been. What have you, what's an example of something that's, that's working really well for you on the internet? YouTube video has been great, but I think that's in part just based on my personal skill set perspective. I'm dyslexic. I actually learned this later in life. I didn't know it growing up. So spoken word video format works a lot better for me than written content. And I did SEO, but I struggled through it. Writing is not something come natural to me, but I believed in it so much that I did it anyway and it was uncomfortable and I didn't really enjoy it, but I knew the power of it. Gotta do this thing. But video, it, it's become something that comes very natural to me. And now like we're working on just building up our team and, and being able to process more content and improve the quality and who knows where this goes from here. But yeah, that's worked really well for me. What's not worked so well? What, what did, what did you, what have you tried perhaps that you put effort into and you thought that just didn't, didn't pay off as you expected it? For me, I realized, I think like most things in life, things that I'm not passionate about, I'm not going to do that well with. And there's certain things that I recognize that, I, yeah, I'm just not that passionate about. And there's things even on the web, like I'm not that passionate about advertising. I, I don't like that form of marketing or selling. I don't like the hard sell. I like to help people make an informed decision. And if I could provide that value to somebody, they're going to essentially want to provide that value back to me. 
I don't have to sell you hard or anything. I don't have to convince you. I don't want to commit to anybody. I don't think people need that. I think people need to understand things better and like to understand it from somebody that has experience. So I'll have to, I'll have to put a link in the show notes at this point, because I'm going to talk about something that you can't see obviously on a podcast, but you've put together over the last couple of months, a mobile YouTube studio. Oh, which I've seen on the web and you showed me it, which has at least two cameras, I believe on it. You're mic'd up, I've got a gimbal, you've, it's on a cargo bike for those who might know what a cargo bike, but it's a longer bike that allows you to attach different things to it. It's, it's an interesting idea of being able to, to use your bike and go out and, and do what people who cycle do. We're not only talking about professional bikers. There's those delivery people and, and all that do that, but you're also addressing the casual biker as well. For oh, sure. Because that's a huge market nowadays. New York City, I spent the day pedaling up and down Manhattan and then over to Brooklyn here. And I was amazed how many bikes. I felt like I was on one big university campus the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Bikes everywhere. E-bikes everywhere. Um, crazy kind of e-bikes as well. The, the bike messenger that I wanted to be in the 70s and 80s of New York City, carrying those fancy legal documents for lots of money in yeah. my back, are now food delivery people on right. bikes. What's one of the next things you think you want to do? So you've got your mobile video studio. You say video is good for you. It works well. It's also what you're selling people often need to see. So it's what podcast wouldn't work so well for what you're trying to communicate. You're trying to communicate a lifestyle. Yeah. I'll change as well. What, what's some of the next things you're thinking of doing it? You know, so you, you spoke about lifestyle and I think that I guess in some ways that's what we're selling. If I could use that word, I, I, and, and I'm not really trying to sell it. I'm trying to introduce people to it, trying to help people understand it just as we do with the bikes. And I think that that's the idea behind this like rolling video rig sort of thing, because there's a lot of elements to biking that people don't actually understand and you can't understand it unless you are actually riding the bike, but the closest you can get there is maybe this filming experience. But the reality is actually historically technology hasn't really existed in such a way that you can actually capture it in a realistic manner, or maybe that technology wasn't accessible. This thing is pretty costly just as it is. And we're using some very high quality cameras and different sort of, yeah, gimbals and, and things of that nature. But I think that we have a unique opportunity to share that experience with other people. And I'm excited to do that. And, and I know that wouldn't necessarily just benefit my customers, but the reality is that my channel in general, it's not really about that. And somebody taught me a long time ago that if you can be the publisher instead of the advertiser, you're in good shape. And that's the idea. So basically what I'm trying to do is just create content that my customers might be interested in, that my community might be interested in, and the people that I'm trying to reach in order to, at the moment, I should, you know, clarify at the moment, my YouTube channel is completely subsidized by my business and my sales. And eventually I might look to work with some of our brand partners, perhaps some other new partners that we're not currently working with to help subsidize some of those costs because it is pretty costly. And I guess that's the big thing. You're talking about things that worked and didn't work and it's been loads of trial and error. And from my side, I didn't want to ask for money or help or anything like that until I could prove that we could do something, which I think we've done at this point. You know, it's been two years in and I think we've had some success and we're not a massive YouTube channel. We have a pretty good size and I think we have a pretty good share of the overall market and that we operate. And I think there's a lot of value in that. And I think that we generate a lot of value for a lot of our partners, for the industry, for the overall community, et cetera. And 
think it only makes sense that we actually get some of that value in return. And of course we get it from people that choose to shop with us and stuff like that. I'd like to do more. I want to make this bigger. I want to see the potential of this, maybe making a TV show or who knows what. I think that there's loads of different possibilities. And if I think about it, when I made that shift around 2014 and I recognized that electric bikes could be this transportation solution that could be more than just a fun thing to do, I kind of recalibrated my mission for the business and my mission in life. And it's really to get people to think about alternative forms of transportation because that's going to be many benefits to society, reduce dependency on oil and among that more connected communities, breaking down some of the barriers which exist and helping us to connect with each other, get to know each other. And I think that there's a lot of benefits to them. So I recalibrated myself and this is my mission and vision. And what I recognize is that perhaps to some extent that these videos and this thing that I'm doing, that could actually serve that mission to a greater extent. And actually my participation in that can also serve my business to a greater extent because I'm providing education, helping people to understand these products in a better way. And in a way that works for people more. A lot of people have very limited time and their time is available in an asynchronous way. I have time to learn about e-bikes when I'm not working, but you're open while I'm working. So I can watch your videos when I'm not working and I maybe can carve out some time here at some point to come test ride some bikes. And yeah, it's been really nice to be able to, to give that experience and, and experiment with these different things. We've thrown a lot of things away. There's a lot of stuff that people haven't seen. And there's stuff that people have seen that maybe I'm not the proudest of, but I'm proud of the fact that we are out there doing it. And, and that's part of the spirit of biking as well. And just being out there and being vulnerable. And I think that's a good way to live. And I really believe that. I think that we, we can see a lot of benefit. And when this example, you putting yourself out there and maybe being a little uncomfortable and reaching out and saying, Hey, can we do this thing? And, and I, I like that. I really like the spirit of that. I, I speak with different small, medium-sized business owners and they say, that's great what Chris is doing. He's making videos, talking about product brands and all, but he's talking to 90% of those will never be your customers. Like it's the internet, right? Yeah. It's, I'm, I was not your customer right? sure. as a, as, as a obvious example there. Is it a way that I, I, as you said, I sold you the bike, but I didn't get to uh, <laughs> collect the money. I have told the brand and I'm not finished <laughs> with them. So we'll, we'll see where, uh, where that takes us. But I, I often get it. So that's great, but I, there's only. I have a, a market of X, although you just gave the example of somebody coming up from Florida all the way. That's somebody you would have never known about. Um, you didn't know about till they walked through the door. Sure. Because it worked. Sure. And in your market, if somebody walks out with one of your bikes, that was well worth it. I right. Know, it's, it's a high quality product. But what do you say to that small business owner? Sure. So I've coached many people on these topics because I'm excited about it. I'm passionate about it. I believe there's an opportunity for people just to be more informed, better educated, better understanding of these different things. And we all have our unique ability to do this in our specific niche. Uh, this goes back to this idea of being a publisher, not an advertiser, right? A publisher creates content. They're not trying to specifically market a product. They're just creating things that are interesting to their audience. And advertiser says, okay, you got the audience. I want to just cut through that and just try to tell them to buy my stuff or introduce them to my brand or whatever the case may be. But I think the idea is actually if you can create a community of people, uh, a group of supporters or people that are interested in these things that you're doing, it's a much more long-term sustainable relationship than, hey, I did a good job. I convinced somebody to buy my 
product. Listen, plenty of businesses are very successful in doing just that. Many of them probably make more money in the period of time that they've been operating than, than I have, but I feel that I'm building something that's much more powerful and much more longer lasting. Like I'm trying to build a legacy. I'm trying to build an impact. Actually, that's really what I'm trying. I'm trying to make an impact. I'm not trying to build something. I'm trying to build something because as a result, it will make an impact. So if that's what you believe in and that's what you want, this is a great way to do it. If it's just purely about making that sale and you're not necessarily like patient to get there, might not be the way to go. I, I, that's one thing. It really takes a lot of patience and it takes a, a belief in what you're doing. And, but to share that vision, to share those ideas and share those stories, I think a lot of people want to hear. I can ask you this question directly. Do you feel like I have enough content? Do you feel like oh, we'll ever have enough content? And that you, in this specific niche, like you might want to consume it, that there's like more that you, you'd want to see and different things and, and that sort of stuff. So this is a novum for my podcast. I've never been asked a question back from one of my guests. So thank you for, for <laughs> introducing that. One of the things that I do with my podcast is I travel to my guests. Yeah. I cycle to my guests. And yeah. today I'm on a city bike as one can borrow here in New York City. In Europe, around home, I'm often on my own bike. And the point of that is one, I'm trying to break 20 something years of corporate uh, life behind a desk, airplanes and meeting rooms and do something good for me, but also show that there's another part to life. Uh, two, I want to show people that I can run a, a business off of a bicycle. So my podcast gear fits in a pannier on the bike or in a backpack yeah. that I can get around that I don't have to be defended on planes and cars. Bikes was always part of my life. And they, when I had to put a bike away uh, a long time ago, drive the company car necess necessity, but it wasn't what I actually wanted to do. So to your, to your content, I think you've, the informational content will always be necessary. It's just sure. this is the name of the beast, right? The brands bring out, whether it's cars or bicycles or whatever, there's always, or as we had this week, phones, there's always the new product that sure. needs to be highlighted. The customer wants to know the newest, latest for sure. I think whether that's your channel or others, that's something for, that you'll figure out. I think, and we've talked about this and I've written comments on some of your posts, the biking lifestyle, and that's what I'm trying to show. It's just, this can be just part of my life. I cycled to Zurich, Switzerland a few weeks ago to interview a handful of people. We were in a fancy outdoor restaurant and I show up with my helmet and bicycle and bike clothes and I wipe down my face before I come to the table, but they know, okay, that's Andrew's going to come like that. That's yeah. what he's doing. And I want to live that and show people this is a real thing. And I think that's something that is missing. Now, do we look at bikes as being things either kids ride, it's a sporting piece of equipment for mountain biking or road racing, whatever, that it's very utilitarian to get me to university back and forth. But then there's another fourth or maybe a fifth category that's there. It's just part of your life. And I believe part of what Propel is, you sell a lot of cargo bikes, as well these bikes that are meant to transport products. So you could replace a, a moderate or a large shopping trip. I've seen, I've been to China and you can replace your three months shopping trip. If you're clever, how you load a bike <laughs> might not be safe, but it's possible. And I think just showing that there's a different way to, to enjoy or to interact with your community is important. And I live in a country where cars are, are a problem, not very different from New York city. Probably here. I was in the traffic today, just same as I know as home and sure other, other ways of moving, whether that's walking or taking a bus 
or of course cycling is something that people need to understand that can be a regular part of your day. You brought up an interesting point and thinking about this from the digital communications point of view or digital marketing and that sort of thing. And you know, people talk sometimes about having a tribe, somebody that you connect with and, or a group that you connect with or associate with and you feel like not alone. I think actually, if you think about COVID and everything like that, how alone many people felt as a result of being stuck at home alone. Yeah, naturally you're going to feel that way, but actually feeling connected to something, to some group, to some sort of community can change that dynamic. And it doesn't always necessarily need to be in person and the internet has proved that. And I think that's actually, when I think about it with the videos and, and showing that lifestyle, I think that's one of the key elements that they assist with and making people maybe not feel so alone in that. You know, I had this one young mom in Los Angeles who bought a cargo bike to transport her kids. And I was really uh, taken back when she said to me, she was like, are there any Facebook groups or anything like that that I can join? Because I really need to connect with some other parents because it's really frustrating because other parents that are not familiar with this way of life and don't have any understanding or education on this topic, criticize me or make me feel weird or uncomfortable about it. And yeah, I'd really love to just connect with other people to, to help them to understand that this is not so crazy. I guess that's part of the, the vision and the mission behind some of the other sort of content. And, and it's also just the stories that I like to tell. And I'm really grateful for that opportunity to share those stories. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's so valuable and important. I, I'm just excited to, to be able to just be part of that. And the fact that could be beneficial as our like marketing strategy or whatever, and, and when I get to do that, that's awesome. But the reality is I only afforded myself that opportunity after putting some effort in beforehand. So I have, I have one single question I ask all of my guests yeah. and what does innovation mean to you? So innovation, I think it's just, it's critical. The only thing that's constant is change. Innovation is changing for the better. I mean, one thing talking about this whole experience and everything like that, I think the critical thing is to recognize you're never going to be perfect and you got to just put yourself out there and be vulnerable and people appreciate that. People connect with that. And that's what people connect most with today on the internet. That old school, highly edited corporate video might've worked in the past, but the reality is people want realness today. There's a deficit of it. Yeah. I think you can show yourself innovating in public and people are comfortable with that. They're okay with that and don't be ashamed of it. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. Like I'm experimenting with different things. It's experimentation and continuing to try new things and, and okay, this works better. We're going to do that. And technology, I think makes all that stuff available and just much quicker to implement and iterate over. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm really grateful for the experiences to, to experiment with that and for people to be understanding when things don't work perfectly and, and, and say, okay, we're going to innovate on that. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you for the interview. Thank you for your time here. I like your answer to innovation about making change of things for the better. That's, that's certainly what we see you doing. You put yourself very much front and center in your videos. Chris is Chris. Sure. There's edits, there's things we don't see here, but that's life as well. Sure. I, I appreciate what you do. I think it's important for the community, the tribe that might be bigger than you even recognize oh, I'm sure it's important what what you're doing and I'm hoping that you keep doing it stay safe stay on the bike stay upright and we'll meet again thank you thank you so much